Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we we gather every day at this time. We trudge through the snow, and uh, what we do when we gather is sit around the campfire, wait for it to melt, and talk about the issues of the day affecting food producers and food consumers. Hank Vogel does it with us every Monday, and he's whining about moisture. Are you really whining about moisture? Nope. I'm just telling you what the logistics of getting something done is. I mean, no, that's sacrilegious for anybody in agriculture to have anything bad to say about moisture. Because it will all pass probably sooner than we wish, you know. Yeah. We have had more than usual. I'm not going to say that. But I guarantee you that ground is so dry when it does thaw out. It doesn't make puddles hardly. Nothing. It's just going in the ground. And after this next three days, it'll be scheduled for quite a while. So, you know, maybe this is the, the big boom and then it's over with. I don't know. I, I hope not. But uh, we're trying to get figure out how to shear. I mean, it, it, there's logistical problems that you can't believe. Uh, first of all, I, I assume I know the answer to this question, but you have no frost in the ground? That snow fell on dust, dirt, dry, and unless the, unless it was disturbed, you get out where it ha- the the snow hasn't been disturbed, and it, you're in mud in a second. It, everything is going straight down. You know, I mean, yeah, there's, there's runoff. Yes, there's mm-hmm. there's uh, for the first time in several years, water's running off the end of the field. Uh, things like that, but but it's and if it warms up a slug, uh, poor old Leo's house will be in Las Vegas, I suppose. But anyhow, it's just is it another one of those wonderful things that you have to deal with when you're in agriculture? Uh, nobody forced me into this. I, I signed up for this, and 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 uh, right now we have turned the sheep around. We're heading one bunch back. So we, we're going to shear half of them over at Wendover, towards Wendover. And the other half, we're going to come in here because we're going to have to feed them for three days coming in and three days going out because there's no place they can go without standing in the snow. That's poetic, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's the makings of a cowboy song right there. Uh, and it's not just the sheep herders that are in a quandary because your turnout date for going to your BLM and Forest Service grass is pretty quick, right? So, I mean, brandings would normally be happening? Uh, we would start uh, kind of trimming things up, yeah. Uh, 15th to the 20th of April, San Jacinto opens up. Uh, you know, everybody's out of compliance, uh, either getting on or getting off of permits because of the snow. There's just all kinds of things. And, you know, if the, if the government and their all-divine wisdom decides that they want to write a bunch of trespass tickets, they, they certainly have the opportunity to right now. I mean, it's just everything is it, it's just out of whack. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's hard to believe that the government wouldn't have a, a keen understanding of, you know, not everything that goes according to the book every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Page such and such, line such and such, paragraph such and such. It says you got to hate anybody that's 
uh, has a permit. End of story. So you know Unless how, but you know you know how we've been um, we've been banging this drum for eighteen years on this program alone, and that is that we need to remove the cows. I remember the first time Hank Bogler said. It's the strangest scenario you could ever have. Everybody loves a cowboy and hates a cow. And now that's come to fruition. We're there now. They want to remove cows because buffalo are good for the environment and cows destroy the environment, which makes no sense to anybody that actually understands the environment. But it's all about rewilding America. It's about getting rid of the ownership of the cow. It has nothing to do with the actual cow. I got an email this morning that puts a whole new light on rewilding America, Hank Bogler, and that is, you know, as well as anybody, that this time of year, honeybees from around the, the nation have flocked to the almond orchards and the, the, all the pollinating that needs to take place in the Central Valley, and the whole pollination and pollinator aspect has been a wonderful improvement for one in three bites of food, because... One in three bites of food comes because of some pollination that, that occurred thanks to a, an insect, primarily honeybee. Well, now there are honeybee uh, contractors who are being informed that their honeybees are not native pollinators. And consequently, they're the problem that when they bring in these non-native pollinators, they forage uh, forage on different plants than the native pollinators and ultimately causing a problem in the system. So there's a movement afoot to stop pollinating or, or getting pollinators traveling around the country. There you go. Rewilding America at a whole new level. We need native pollination, what? not non-native pollination. What is the native pollinators? What are the native <laughs> pollinators? Carpenter bees, sand bees? That's a great question. So a honeybee that was born, bred, and raised in Stanislaus County, California, that's a native. If a honeybee came from, oh, let's say, Wing, North Dakota, that's a problem. <laughs> oh, oh, that makes sense. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I, well, and, and how about those almonds? Did Almonds are not native to the United States, are they? Or, oh, North I doubt I doubt it. But don't be giving them any ideas. Uh, yeah. they'll, they'll be eliminating everything but buffalo and corn. <laughs> Two things we we brought to the equation. Uh, they had, there were some gourds. There were certain gourds. That they, oh, yeah. Well, um, I guess when you're on the inside track and and uh, uh, you're, you're, you're one of the chosen ones, you can do anything you want and it will be all right. Uh, we're killing 100,000 people. The drugs coming in from China. Uh, we just got 7 million people in here that are not, uh, that are living on welfare, plus the ones we already have on welfare. You, you know, I, I don't understand. The world recognizes power, not pats on the head. Uh, and, and can't we all get along and sing Kumbaya? I mean, somebody smoked way too much dope back in the 60s. I, I mean, this is, this is not the way it works. And to think that we're going to give up the greatest nation on earth uh, so we can hold hands and get along. <laughs> and the other people are going, are these people stupid or what? 
the answer in one word would be yes. No, they're not stupid. They, okay. They, they just know how to control lives. That's what they're doing, controlling human beings. For their own power. They're, yeah, you know, absolutely. The history lesson is the history lesson is this. When Japan invaded Hawaii, they didn't blow up the tank farm. I think they thought they were going to take over that and they needed the fuel if they were going to do anything. They first invaded Southeast Asia because they had oil. Japan had no oil to speak of. <clears throat> they right now they're going to import oil from the Russians in anywhere. China has no oil. But China, people in China can read. They honestly can't. And they're, they're as intelligent as anybody other bunch of people. And they're hungry for better things, which is capitalism. Communism says we're all equal. Well, no, that is the way it works. Because if everybody's equal, you wouldn't need Gucci's, you wouldn't need Tiffany's, you wouldn't need Louis Vuitton and all the fancy, fancy things, Tesla cars, anything. Everybody, as in Germany, would be driving the Volkswagen. The car, the people's car. That's what the Volkswagen is. Volks, folks, wagon, car, people's car. Well, it's all crap. It's totalitarianism. And Xi Jinping has taken a chapter out of Ronald Reagan's book, Peace Through Strength. You want to put some people out of work, quit trading with China. $500 billion trade deficit. How many people in China would be laid off within a few days. China got the wake-up call with the COVID, no-tolerance COVID, when they had that apartment catch on fire and they had welded the doors shut so the people couldn't leave. People went into the streets. Communists are not used to that, as they were not used to it at Tiananmen Square. Roll so out. Hank Vogler, we'll be back with more Tiananmen Square after this. Now let's take a moment and appreciate what we have. We have electricity. Many countries around the world are now struggling, have intermittent electricity. How do we maintain electricity? We harden the power grid and we continue to rely on those natural resources which are abundant to us, coal. Lignite coal continues to be the provider of energy that we do not need to worry about its intermittence. It's reliable, it's affordable, it's cost-effective. That's the same as affordable. Not really, not at all. And it's brought to you by people that care. Lignite.com for full details. Welcome back. We're all route, Trent Lewis alongside Tiananmen Square author. Have you written the book about Tiananmen Square yet? Hank Vogler, I need to add that. <laughs> but when you control the press, I asked my wife what she... She thought about Tiananmen Square, and she said it's a beautiful park in Beijing. <clears throat> they didn't even know what happened. She was for about, the record lives uh, about four hours. In case you're new to the program, Hank's wife grew up in China. Yeah, and her town was four hours by airplane from there, so there was no news about it on uh, other than the ones that were there. And that's another thing that's changed for them is I don't think the government in any country has completely got a handle on these iPhones. I think there's still some communications going on uh, that uh, they can kind of keep under the rug. 
And I think that's pretty scary. But again, she is not stupid. He reads, he reads peace through strength. We have a $500 billion trade deficit with him. Now, he wants to control the world. He's making deals in Brazil. Okay, so maybe America should say no more Brazilian meat. I, I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that I'll bet it's harder to get into the Chinese army than it is into Harvard because they have plenty of people. They want 50% of their population off the farms. They can't build cities fast enough to accommodate the people that want more stuff. That's not communism. Communism says they're all equal. Well, that has never been true and never will be true. That's just a snappy slogan that you could get enough people if they're not paying attention to believe in. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with freedom. It has nothing to do with equality. No, they're all tyrants. It's called totalitarianism. And quit putting a cute name on it like communism, socialism, baloney, all the way back to the beginning of time. What did Genghis Khan, he had the largest empire the world ever knew. What did he do? As soon as he conquered a country, he went to the people in power, married one of their kids, and then he, they were in the family. So they, he, he bought loyalty. The old ding dong dung from North Korea. You don't think that he hasn't bought loyalty from some people or somebody would have put a bullet in his head years ago. I mean, it's just, that's what it's all about. It's about power. And somehow somebody has sold the snappy little argument that in America we can hold hands and sing kumbaya and everybody will love us. Male, bovine, fecal matter. That ain't the way the world works. Never will, never has. Get over it. Peace through strength. We've got strength because we've got oil. Just like Russia has oil. China and Russia have been fighting on their borders for hundreds of years. But China doesn't have much oil. has lots of coal. So sucking up to Russia is the perfect scenario. And who, if, if Russia cannot squelch the Ukrainians, no matter how you fall on either side of that argument, he can't squelch them. China's laughing. How are they going to squelch the Chinese army? No way, Jose. Yeah. And where's the oil? Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, right down the street. I mean, it's, this is, if you believe all the crap that's going on, that's just what it is. It's crap. We're it talking is. about oil and power. Uh, did you see that on April the 14th, is it Lulu, is that his name? The, um, the new totalitarian leader in Brazil is going to a major meeting with Jinping, which is supposedly all about food investments. I think they're going to pay well, yeah, that... Brazil for access to food. Yep. And okay. So. We sell them $150 billion worth of agricultural goods right now. Uh, what happened to the Monroe Doctrine? The Monroe Doctrine said, stay out of our country. That, isn't that what John Kennedy told Nikita Khrushchev? You go home. You'll get out, your missiles out of Cuba. Uh, I don't know. It's just uh, what we're doing is 
we are surrendering uh, to an ideal that doesn't exist. That's the hard part. Capitalism exists from day one. In the beginning of time, people have always wanted things. That's why one of the seven deadly sins is not only lust and, 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 uh, you want, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods, all of these things. So it's been a problem for a while. All the way back to Adam and Eve's grandparents. <laughs> they met at a Grange Hall dance. Bill and you don't Betty, think, you know, you don't I think mean, Biden created this? <laughs> no, he, he don't, he, he thinks he's in a parallel universe. And, and ice cream. <laughs> I think yes, you can, I think you can stop cream. right before thanks. He. Just stop it. He. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't even know if he's a he, but we don't know. But he's not thinking. I know that. No. No. So, I mean, it's just, it, it's just a, a whole bunch of garbage and it's a whole bunch of people. The people that are in power in this country, our government grows exponentially every year. And what do they do with their, they want their power. They want their jobs. They want their security. And they're not willing to do anything for that security. Where we've got a bunch of people that are running around inventing things, doing things, and creating things. And so these bureaucrats are jealous of that. They're sitting in their office. They're making, they got their, their, clock on the edge of their desk that says the minute, hour, second that they retire. And then right next to that is exactly how much money they will earn in retirement. Whereas in capitalism, you can fail any day. If, if whatever your product is, if somebody comes up with a better product, you know, I here's what excites me. And, and maybe it's because I've thought about this for a very long time. Do you know that in Europe right now, there's a couple of companies that are producing hydrogen tractors, tractors that are going to run on hydrogen. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no pollution with hydrogen. If it doesn't burn, it goes out the tailpipe and reforms and becomes water, water vapor. Now, there's the answer to the oil. But think of the people in the world that will be crushed, what, including what, Russia. The- Wait a minute. Before we go back to that, what's the question about oil? You said there's the answer about oil. What's the question? Well, they want renewables. They want things oil, that oil is renewable. Are not carbon, huh? Oil is renewable. We've now I've seen plenty of data that oil the Earth is regenerating oil on a regular basis. The oldest oil wells shut down are now full of oil again. It is renewable. And like Rebecca Cunningham said Friday on this very program, it's organic. So we've been fed Absolutely. the wrong question. There's no question about it. But if you, you know, if you're looking for an answer, there is hydrogen's the, the lightest element, the most flammable. It creates the most energy. And wind is not going to work, nor is solar. Now, you know, right here, there was a windmill when I got on this operation 38 years ago. It was destroyed. It was ruined, but it was creating a certain amount of electricity through batteries and these giant batteries to, because they had no rural electric cooperative. They had no electricity other than generators. So it was useful, but for the whole world. 
Oh, Hank, I don't know what happened. You went on mute. We're not getting Hank Vogler. We will um, try to get that rectified. I, I want to talk about this, and we will talk about it in the second half. But Friday, USDA had a big press conference, and they announced that there was $1 billion going into investment in rural America, and that is in clean energy and how we're going to – they're so vague in all of their statements and what they talk about but what, if you read in there and try to read between the lines, they really are going to focus on the 40% of the underserved rural areas of the United States. And what exactly are the 40% of the underserved areas of rural America? And $1 billion out of the Inflation Reduction Act. We can't seem to get enough money out of this Inflation Reduction Act to continue to do what they want to do. It all comes back to what Hank has just already told us. We continue to surrender to the idea of communism, and communism doesn't exist or doesn't work. Flowery word. I'm going with that. We're going to figure out what his technical issues are, and he's, we'll see what other issues Hank Gilder might have when we return to the second half of Rollout after this. A moment and talk about a free and fed America. Protect the Harvest works day in and day out to bringing you the latest information that will empower you as a citizen. And stand up for maintaining property rights. Three new stories on the homepage this week of interest that you might want to be a read and, and become more informed on, particularly the op-ed in Indiana where the Attorney General Rokita is standing up to the federal overreach of the EPA. It's happening at every turn, including the waters of the U.S. Get more details about what is going on in the world of a free and fed America thanks to Protect the Harvest on the web at protecttheharvest.com. Welcome back. We're all out. Trent Loose alongside Hank Wilger. And I just want to expand upon this where I started to go before uh, we had to go to a break. I have so many friends who tapped into the very first round of green energy subsidies where they put up solar panels and they do all these other things. And what they do, they tie the electric that is generated into the system. And I said, well, but the the good news is you got these solar panels in case of a power, major power outage, your coverage. No, no, we can't afford the batteries. One house that I'm aware of, I could drive you to today, the batteries needed are $70,000, and they have a life expectancy of one year. So it's like this whole thing is just a charade for something that it's not. It's not green energy. It's the farthest thing from green energy we've ever seen. And the real green energy is coal and oil. No question about it. But as an alternative, the use of hydrogen power would be a better alternative if you can ever create the hydrogen in proper form because it is very volatile. And it, But, yeah, we are a world of oil. There's no question about it. And coal. And they are, yeah, every day. Uh, I read a statistic one time. More oil leaks into the Gulf of Mexico from normal organic issues that are going on in that area than is pumped out of the Gulf of Mexico. I believe it. So, yeah, it's just, but it has power. Oh, Mr. Luce, 
well, you're a friend of mine and I'm a big shot in the government. Say, I'll tell you what, I'll get you set up on a windmill contract there in Loop City, Nebraska. Little kickback here and a buddy old pal, old buddy old pal. Uh, we'll mm. both get rich. That's what it is. It's handing out favors. You're about they to find out because you know, you know what those wind developers do? There's a pattern of this. I can take you to case after case after case. And in fact, I've got a meeting tomorrow night in Hebron, Nebraska about this very topic. The wind developers identify who the county commissioners are first because the county commissioners ultimately are the local authority. And so they get Hank Vogler as a white pine county commissioner on the dole first. And then Hank, you going to vote in this wind project in your county or not? No, we're going to have, we're going to put the, we're going to pump the water up to the top with coal created power. We're going to pump it up to the top of the shell creeks. We're going to pour it down a tube. It's going to run a, uh, I don't know, Pelton wheel, something that's going to generate electricity and then pump it back up. And, and they're going to spend $2 billion in White Pine County. Well, that'll be like the circus coming to town for six right. years in this construction project, all the saloons, all the grocery stores. But then, so what about the hospital? What about the schools? What about all the things that go along crime? Everything goes along with these things. And then the circus leaves town. There'll be a very few employees and there will not be a net gain in power. Yeah, you can create electricity that way. And, and there's, there's a few of them that actually create electricity that is cost effective, but I don't believe it'll be cost effective here. And I asked too many questions already. So I think they've drawn a line through my name. So. That's the same exact project that I've been to two meetings about in Gregory County, South Dakota, because in Gregory County, where the Missouri River goes through there, I believe it's 700 feet from the highest point above the Missouri River. So they're going to put in wind and solar panels on 4,000 acres to generate electricity to pump water up during the off-peak hours, put it in a reservoir, and then drop it back down during peak hours. And they admit they admit there's a zero net energy gain in doing this, but they're just trying to manipulate land. Bingo. Give the man a cigar. He can be taught. Oh, that, I mean, and it's all about power. It's about handing out favors. Now, we're having about the toughest cabin season we've ever had. We've had some of them old desert cows showed up on the feed ground when we finally got them out of the snow. And they they ate a little grass hay and their rumens couldn't handle it and they died so i mean where's my bribe i'm 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 gonna have to call banker tougher and all and tell him we're having a few problems out here and uh we'll try and keep the interest paid <laughs> so uh, yeah that that's how you do it but i don't want to play i don't want to <laughs> i don't want the people uh any longer of a line of people peeing on my grave you know, I mean, I don't want to hire pallbearers. I don't want to hire mourners. And this pie in the sky crap that we're being sold right now is exactly that. It's, it's not, it, they put in the wind. Uncle Harry's Cuisinart farm is right down the street from my house. There's a consistent wind down there and there's like 60 windmills. And after none of the 
local was constructed from this here because we didn't have the infrastructure to do hardly anything. So they put them up. They turn most of the time. They have a couple of people that repair on them. But my understanding is when the wheel isn't turning, they have to provide so much power. So they have a diesel generator that they kick on or they buy electricity somewhere else. So it's not working. And it ate a eagle, which is supposedly a million-dollar fine. Well, somehow, before Uncle Harry passed away, he got a, a law passed that that's no longer a problem. <laughs> so his Cuisinart is working. And then they got bats down the street. There's some rare bat, probably uh, rare bat honeybees uh, live with them or something. You know, I don't know. In the wintertime, hang upside down with the bats. <laughs> if it makes sense it ain't gonna happen trent there's Get a lot of board. things hanging upside down i'll tell you that <laughs> i mean i mean the hypocrisy stinks i mean <laughs> you know bill clinton gets away with uh issues uh, that they're trying to hang donald trump out for okay uh you know it doesn't even matter uh, then go back to read the Greeks, read the Romans, read anything, read the Bible. There's some pretty steamy stuff in the Bible. It's called human nature. Okay. So let's put him in jail because they don't want him because he probably has an excellent chance of beating Pinocchio Joe. Who, who, who else are they going to run? Kamala? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm told Bobby Kennedy's going to announce. <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 on top of his issue. We'll have you'll have you'll have a windmill on top of your house hooked up to a solar panel. That's what you're going to have. You bet, Bob Kennedy's the man. Yeah, I'm sure I don't <laughs> think he's a win fan. I I would he's help, not. I would help him beat Biden. Well, I'd help anybody beat Biden. Yeah. That's not a great choice. Yeah. I'm probably not going to extol the energy to do that because there's almost only so many things you can do in a given day. But just for the record, I'm not buying any of the Trump nonsense. It's just about it's part of the script to stir the folks and get them all excited and do something that, that they shouldn't be doing. So you won't vote for Trump. You will waste your vote and give two votes to the Democrats to vote for Biden because you're a rock rib Republican or whatever, a conservative. No, and no. you're not going to. I'm going to. I would. I, I would definitely extol my time and energy to make sure that Trump is not the Republican nominee. I would do that because you're, well, you're, that's you're, your choice. You're painting me with a. An, um, an unfavorable position that I don't have a choice and I'm, I don't accept that. Huh? Well, choices are great, but when it comes down to it, more people, you know, uh, Teddy Roosevelt got mad and created the bull moose party and got the other guy elected. Uh, it, it's not the first time H Ross Perot got yeah, really, really twice. Clinton. Yeah. So again, Third parties, or I'm not going to vote. I have with them. Well, if you don't vote, you give two votes to the opposite party. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that. That's willing to but, vote for Biden. 
be honest, in a presidential election, I haven't had a choice to vote for somebody since um, since I started voting. Ronald I, Reagan I, was the first I president that. I voted for. I voted for Ronald Reagan. Me uh, too. I voted for I, him in the primary. I, I didn't necessarily vote for George Bush, but I didn't want Al Gore. So I voted against Al Gore. I certainly didn't want Bill Clinton. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't want Obama. I didn't want John McCain either. I didn't want Romney either. But I didn't have a choice. I didn't. I know. I didn't want Trump either. But, I voted for Ted Cruz in the primary. But I didn't well, want to vote for I, Hillary or let her have a vote against me or without a, something against it. That's the situation that we really are in. That we don't ever vote for anybody. We vote against people. Well, I want. I think that Vivek Ramasi or whatever his name is, that uh, his family immigrated from India. Uh, he makes a lot of sense. Maybe there'll be a hole in him too. But, uh, uh, so I yeah, met, he won't get it. I met people last week that actually had him in their audience in Council Bluffs, Iowa. That he was he was there two weeks ago, and I, I I'm told that he sounds amazing. Then my my partner on across the pond, Andrew Henderson, told me that, you know, the prime minister of uh, Scotland resigned in kind of a quick order fashion. Guess what? There was a guy from India that took over, a Muslim. Uh, what's his name? Goofy hair, worse than uh, Boris Johnson resigned in the UK. Guess what? Rishi Sunak, an Indian, a guy from India, took over. There's a pattern developing here. And I, whenever I see a pattern, I'm like, I got to go do a little more digging. Why is this guy who everybody's telling me is saying all the exact right things, no different than Trump, to be honest, says all the right things, all of a sudden coming to light at a time when all of these individuals of Indian descent are becoming leaders of countries. I just want to be a critical thinker, implement some discernmentship. We're all right. Last segment with Hank Vogler after this. Now let's take a moment and talk about parodic auctions. Dan Parodic, you know, you start talking about these auctions and they're off for you several weeks away. This one's next week, folks. Did you know that April 12th is next week? April the 12th on, uh, yeah, that'd be Wednesday. Parodic Auctions will be auctioning off 2,305 acres of a ranch. That's the whole ranch. That's not part of it. Near Murdo, South Dakota. Dan Perotic would invite you to go to his website. You can look at the parcels. You can look how it all lays. You can look at that beautiful country in the West River of South Dakota. Murdo, in case you don't know, is right on Interstate 90, about uh, 140 miles east of Rapid City, South Dakota. Perotic Auction, P-I-R-O-U-T-E-K, auction.com for full details. Welcome back. Roll route. For the record, I vote for Kevin Stitt in the Republican primary. And by the way, I'm not even a registered Republican. I'm a registered independent. Well, see, there's where the road forks. The only reason I'm a Republican, yeah, I, I'm a conservative and I am a liberal and, I, and I'm a, uh, <laughs> lots of things in certain areas, but I register Republican so I can vote in the primaries. Exactly mm -hmm. what you're saying. Yeah. I can vote in the primary because it has, it's supposed to have to do with the Republican party. If you're an independent, 
you really don't get the vote. Right. So I, I or, vote Republican so I can hopefully people like me can influence the Republicans. That's all it is for yeah. me. I, I was, okay. So I'm a flip flopper. I'm just full disclosure. <laughs> Prior to the primary in 2022, I was a, an independent. When I got involved and campaigned with Teresa Thibodeau, who should have been her next governor, she's not, so we move on. I switched to be a Republican because I couldn't run with her on her ticket without being a Republican. After the election, I switched back to independent, which leads me into this whole discussion because I have studied pretty pretty good in depth. Martin Van Buren was instrumental in the creation of the Democrat Party. And then he tried to create a free soiler party, which was all about farmers and taxes. That didn't last long. It faded out. And then he was a part of something called Development of the Republican Party. And that was in uh, 1862. It was forming up. No, not excuse me, 58, because it was four years. And then Lincoln was the first Republican nominee. Right. Would there ever be, Ripon, Wisconsin, by the way, is where the claims credit for birth of the Republican Party. Would there ever be a time when that third party, or probably the Tea Party was the best, next best sure thing to to actually get a foothold and then fizzled. Is it ever possibly going to take place? Well, I just look at the world that tries to stay out of socialism and communism as best they can. And they wind up with these collaborative, you know, making concessions to the Green Party. And that's what's been happening to me for years is the Republicans have basically capitulated on federal lands to the Democrats and mm-hmm. to the environmental movement and all of that. So they've had a coalition government for a very long time right here in this country. And so they trade back and forth. We're for a strong military. We're for the environment. So, yeah, they're already whacking us up. And I can vote in the primary. But a third party... Uh, you have to go back to the Whigs, yeah. and then they became Republicans, I believe. And that was, you know, once in what two hundred years, right? And um, it caused a civil war, to be honest. Yep, because yep. the formation of the Republican Party uh, itself, maybe not Lincoln's presidency, but the Republican Party itself was formated around anti-slavery. Yes, and that had always been a state issue. And prior to that, they had fought over the Mason-Dixon line, all of those things, but it was states' rights versus mm-hmm. this bemoomoth at that time uh, government bureaucracy. And the, the bureaucracy has grown ever since. And then Franklin Delano Roosevelt made it an art form. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> and and now with welfare and all the other dependencies, you know, how can they? You know, even Clinton, you had to go to work to draw your welfare, which was capitalism. You got a pay raise. Uh, unfortunately, you had to work for the pay raise, but you could still 
get your benefits at the, being on the low end of the totem. But you paid, you didn't pay taxes and things like that, but at least you participated. Now you don't even have to participate. Well, you've experienced Trip. this as well. People show up to say that they came for work one day and then they go back to sucking the federal teeth. Yeah. But they quit calling because when they, when the, when the welfare office calls me and to verify, uh, did I offer them a job, et cetera, et cetera? I said, no, they didn't even come by. So they quit using my name. Because <laughs> I told them the truth. You don't play nice in this yeah, I, box I have with no others, idea do you? What the outcome is going to be. But what you need is some snappy phrases and you can get a following. And no matter how goofy it is, you can get a following. How, you know, I mean, think about it. How many people several years ago put bags over their head and committed suicide when Haley's Comet was coming by because there was a spaceship right behind it that was going to take them to another world and they had to kill themselves to get on? Uh, do you know the answer to that question? Because I would like to know. Are you gone again? Hank? Am I gone? No, you were for a moment. You? You're back. Uh, I'll be there. I said, do you know the answer to that question? I mean, people did commit suicide. I, I was 40 or 50 of them. And then, and then how about, how about Jamestown down in uh, South America? That was hundreds. Uh, yeah. 706 wow. in my head. Yeah. I mean, how do you, how can you get that done? You know, I, and I mean, that was astonishing. I was playing the grape Kool-Aid futures at the time. Heck, after that, you couldn't give grape Kool-Aid away. So, I know they ruined just... a, a perfectly good Nebraska product. <laughs> but but wow. we did get a snappy slogan from it. <laughs> Quit drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You hit a home run this morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kool-Aid drinkers. There are a bunch of Kool-Aid drinkers. <laughs> you, you do know that Hastings, Nebraska still has Kool-Aid days every summer, right? I hope so. Oh, they do. I, I hope they have so. a they have a community celebration Kool Aid days. In fact, I'll just look up in case you want to come to Nebraska for Kool Aid days, twenty twenty three. I'll let you know when they are. <laughs> so again, if you can impress the people, whether you're the, one of those horrible people from India, everybody in America except my cousins came here from somewhere else. And oh, by the way, so did they. They came in across the land bridge <laughs> yeah. when, when they had the... Oh, yeah. Don't forget that little fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. During that last ice age. Before we start talking about your cousins migrating across the Aleutian chain, this year's Kool-Aid Days 2023 are Friday, August the 18th and August 19th. Flying Disc wow. Golf Tournament, Hastings Farmer's Market, Kool-Aid Days Trolley, and, of course, everybody's favorite, the Kool-Aid Days Race, Boat Race. There you go. You got water in Nebraska enough to put a boat on? Yeah, we have. We still have some rivers. Oh. Well, I thought they all dried <laughs> up. Did... Here's, here's a 
Kool-Aid drinking contest. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> In case you want to register. Go with the cherry. Go, go with the cherry. Don't get near that grape stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it goes through Sunday, too. Oh, it, there's a 5K fun run and walk on Sunday. Uh, Kool-Aid stand collectibles and food. Cardboard boat races. That's the conclusion. Cardboard boat races. Uh, registration starts at 12 p.m. on the 20th day of August. There you go. Full details. Well, when the ocean was 600 feet lower during the last ice age, maybe people came from a lot of different places. So, but... Was there peace and harmony, or was there was one giant tribe of people holding hands and singing "Kumbaya," and and they had cocaine and they had marijuana, or they developed it. They they even had frogs that you you could lick, but yet they all broke into a gazillion pieces too. It's human nature. Well, I don't so, think those yeah. tribes were getting along just real peachy keen back before we showed no. up. No, no, not at all. There wasn't one giant tribe sitting around smoking marijuana and and uh, snorting cocaine. So, yeah. No, they were putting on and face they, paint and going to try to find women and food. Yeah, pushing people back in all directions to try and feed their bellies. Yes, and to procreate. Seems like there's a basic human finding women nature. and food. Those are two things they tried to do. Yeah. You know. Yep. You could say that's when this country went to H double E hockey sticks when guys stopped trying to find women and food. <laughs> now they just try to find <laughs> guys and food. It ain't even food. Therein yeah. lies the problem. Yeah. No, I it just it just uh we're going to have a change and it may not fit everybody's boat. But there is always change. There's always this going to come. Somebody's going to come along with a new snappy phrase and get a following. And I, whether it resonates I, enough. Uh, I recently heard a guy come up with some new snappy phrase, and I would support him to be president. I would vote for him, not against the other person. And that guy just recently said, surrendering to an ideal that's uh, called communism doesn't exist. That's right. <laughs> it does not whether the capitalism is by your action you get things whether it's you're an inside buddy with the president or you're an inside buddy with the dictator that's capitalism you should be satisfied with having equal equal rations throughout the country including the leader and that does not happen yeah. It does not exist. There's no such thing. It's called totalitarianism. And if you're in charge and you've got the guns, it's the Second Amendment that has kept this country from turning into a socialist or a communist dictatorship. That'll do it. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting food producers and food consumers. For Hank Bogle, I'm trying to lose both of us reminding you, hey, all roads do lead to a roll route with a sheep and a snowbank. And finally, today I want to talk about certified Piedmontese. Landry and I had a great discussion on the way home from Des Moines last night about the cost of food and the cost of beef. And she went on the website and said, you know, really in the big picture, Dad, these prices are not any out of line. That's a true story. 
why don't you go check it out yourself? Certifiedpiedmontese.com. She's 18. She's got it figured out. She'll be 18 on Wednesday. Certifiedpiedmontese.com, creating opportunities for cattlemen in the Great Plains of America and, more importantly, the consumers, not only the Great Plains of America, but around the world. Certifiedpiedmontese.com. <laughs>